At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. From the Gospel according to St. Mark, in the name of the living God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Here at Christ the Redeemer, we believe that families should worship together. And we firmly believe that children are an important part of God's family. So the first Sunday of every month, we like to begin the sermon with a children's message, just so we can focus the teaching a little more towards them. However, there is no age minimum or maximum, so all of God's children are welcome to come forward a little to a little closer to the sanctuary at this time. section, right? Yeah. Good morning. Merry Christmas. It's not Christmas season anymore, is it? No. Yeah. Happy New Year. Yeah. Um, Y'all have a good Christmas? Valentine's Day is upcoming. Yeah. Someone's been to Walmart recently. Interesting. I'm not too. Yeah. How was, how was Christmas? Anybody going out, uh, out of town? Anybody see aunts, uncles, cousins? Yeah? I saw grandma. You saw grandma? Grandma? Yeah, I saw cousins. Yeah? Yeah? Uncle and cousins? Yeah? My, my family Christmas was really good too. You, you know why it was so great? There were no fights and only like four or five people cried. That, that's a great Christmas in my family. So what did what, y'all get? Christmas. Any presents? Yeah, what, what'd you get? You got a lot of robots? Awesome. A force connector toy. A force connector toy? Yeah. You see, I get these little action figures. Uh huh. And you see, there's this little armory. Yeah. There's batteries in it. Then hold an action figure next to it. Yeah. Wow. All you do is tap your Yeah, okay, okay. So, so you've been playing with it. That, that's good. Addison? You got an electric toothbrush. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so what, do you, what do you do with the gifts? You use them, right? You, you play with them. Can, can I show you a video of my, my son? This is what I got for Christmas for him. I'll give you a hint, it's a basketball goal. He, he knows how to use the gift his awesome dad gave him, right? <laughs> One of these days, I'm not teaching him that he don't throw balls in the house, but for now, it's okay. But that's the whole point of the gift, right, is, is to, to use it, right? So can you tell me what are one or two of, like, the greatest gifts you've ever received? A tractor book? And a pet vet. A pet vet? Okay. Um, um, I got like, this really cool attachment. I mean, you know, 
cat? Yeah, That's a pretty good. Life pet cat. Life yeah, pet cat. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like a pet. So robots. There's there's a theme here. Yeah. How about how about the gift of life? That's a pretty that's a pretty big gift, right? Who who gave you the gift of life? God, yeah, yeah. Why why did God give you the gift of life? To live, he wanted you to live, right? Are, do you use that gift? Yes. Yeah, you're alive, right? How about the second greatest gift we would say is new life? New life. In a sense, let me about that. Uh, the new life is God coming to live in us. It's the new life of God adopting us as his own children, right? It's the gift of salvation. You ever, you ever heard that word, that word before, salvation? Can you say it? Salvation. We're going to talk about what it means a little later, but do you know when it begins? I'll give you a hint. It starts with B and ends with baptism. <laughs> baptism, yeah! Baptism is when the gift of new life, the gift of salvation, begins. That's when we are sealed and marked as Christ's own forever. Now, yeah, I didn't give you the whole word. So, in the weeks ahead, in Sunday school and in uh, worship, we're going to talk about what it means to use that gift of salvation, okay? But what I want to leave you with, what I want us to say together is a phrase, okay? Repeat after me. Salvation is a gift. Salvation is a gift. And I intend to use it. Can we put it all together? Salvation is a gift, and I intend to use it. Very good. Thank y'all very much for coming up this morning. Well, even though we're saying goodbye to the Christmas season, the, the church continues to celebrate. We're moving from the season of Christmas now into the season of Epiphany. If you've never heard that word, Epiphany, before, that, that's okay. I know it's a little, a little weird. It's kind of a church term. But generally speaking, Epiphany means appearing. Epiphany means appearing or revealing. And at the time of Jesus Christ... When the, when the church was being formed, at the time the New Testament was being written, epiphany was used in three different ways. First, it meant the appearing of the dawn, a new day. It also meant the appearing of an enemy in war. It, it was a battle term. And thirdly, it meant the appearing of a god to a worshiper. So hopefully we can see how all these meanings fit in our season of Epiphany right now. So let's think. On, on Christmas Day, when Jesus was born, it was the dawn of a new day. It was the dawn of a new creation for the new people of God. And on Christmas Day, when Jesus is born, it's the invasion of God into the world. It is the appearing of the enemy of death. The appearing of the enemy of sin and destruction. And then in this familiar story of the Epiphany, the, the wise men coming and giving gifts to the baby Jesus, it's the appearing of the God-made man to worshipers. It's the appearing of God 
not just of the Israelites, but of the entire world. Jesus is not just the Savior of the Israelites. Indeed, he is the Savior of all. So on the first Sunday of Epiphany, we read about the baptism of Jesus. And even in these short verses today, something something really powerful is going on. Take, for example, John the Baptizer. This guy, this this, this weird guy who wore camel's hair and, and ate locusts, he's the perfect transition character. He is the last prophet of the Old Covenant, and he introduces who the Israelites have been waiting for for about a thousand years. He introduces Jesus. As the perfect transition character, he's showing that the Old Covenant is yielding to the New Covenant, the perfected New Covenant in Jesus Christ. And that begins with the baptism of Jesus in the River Jordan. Those two things that are very important about that. The, the location is important. About 1,400 years before this, 1,400 years before Jesus is baptized in the River Jordan, something else happens at the Jordan River. Any guesses? The Hebrews, the old covenantal people of God, they crossed the Jordan River into the promised land, into the land that God had promised them at the Jordan River. And to be honest, this was a military invasion. They had spent 40 years in the desert. Their their judge and their leader Moses had died and they were finally set to enter the land God had promised them, but there were going to be some battles. The new leader, Joshua is his name, the new leader leads God's people across the Jordan River and the invasion begins. So now 1,400 years after that, Jesus, a form of the name Joshua, returns to the Jordan River, and yes, it's to invade. Not by military conquest this time, but invasion of God's kingdom of love and peace and compassion and nonviolence. It's an invasion of God's rule and reign and the lives of his chosen people, and yes, it requires battles. So the beautiful imagery we see here is that the man Jesus, knowing exactly who he is, goes to the place of invasion to begin a new invasion for a new covenant. The way Jesus starts his campaign, the way he starts his his conquest, is by being baptized. You know, I find it interesting that in, in Mark's gospel, there are only eight verses before this episode of Jesus' baptism. There's no Christmas story. There's no story of uh, baby Jesus or teenage Jesus. It, it pretty much begins with 30-year-old Jesus being baptized. And that's not to say that whatever happened beforehand wasn't important. I think it just shows that, according to Mark, the exciting parts of life, the great parts of life, happen after baptism. I know today it's, it's very common to to hear people's testimony, and and almost all of it is about life before Jesus. Whether it's something very intense like addiction or something a little more common like living without purpose or or even just always searching for something greater, people go into great detail about their life before Jesus, and they finally get to that good part, and they say, and then I found Jesus, and I was saved. 
and it ends there. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm thinking, great, fantastic. What's happened since then? I think we need to recapture the biblical idea that the exciting part, the good part, comes after baptism. We all have a life before Christ, before we come to saving belief in, in God. And, and I don't want to diminish anyone's backstory, but that's, that's more the common part. That's, that's more the ordinary part that we all struggle with in some form or fashion. The, the exciting part, the extraordinary part, is what comes after baptism, after salvation begins. And in a word, we call that discipleship. It's the daily living as a student of Jesus Christ, the consistent growth in loving God and loving others, the, the wants and the desire to follow Jesus wherever he is leading us. That, that's the, the exciting life. That's where we should be telling our story. So as we close this Christmas season, we have to know that God's grace and his love and his truth has invaded the world in Jesus Christ. As we begin the epiphany season, we have to know that the invasion of Jesus is meant for everyone, for all of mankind. And as we celebrate the baptism today, let us identify with Jesus just as he identifies with us. Taking the baptism of Jesus as our example the question we must ask ourselves is, what are we doing with our baptism? I'd invite us to explore discipleship in the upcoming weeks. I'd encourage us to, to bring friends along to discover discipleship right here at Christ the Redeemer. All of it is going to be for God's glory, now and forever. Amen.